Yeah, I think the first time we talked to Barry Davis was over 20, I don't, it could have been 25 years ago. He'd founded Crosstex Energy, then we followed it along, you know, five or 10 years later when he affected this multi-billion dollar merger, this midstream business with from the from uh, Devon Energy and created InLink Midstream. And now they're a Fortune 500 company. They're right on top. Revenues are over $6 million. And he's leaving. Barry Davis joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, David. It's great to be with you. I guess it's a good time. You've got to leave on top. But that, I mean, this business, I just, I don't understand your business. This is the most cyclical, crazy business, the oil and gas business that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, David, you know, there are a thousand reasons that this is a great time to leave. And uh, and I'll share some of those with you. But it's, there's also uh, a few reasons that it's going to be hard at any time for me to leave this company that I've been a with for so long and uh, the people who uh, we've done this with is just a, it's a tough thing to do but it is the right time and we have found the right leader to come in and follow me yeah the, the company's really interesting for people who don't know it i mean you've got i i think over eleven thousand miles of oil and gas pipelines and the way i see it you're sort of you're the road out of the permian basin if you want to get anything to to the rest of the world and there can you meet the demand that you have right now yeah. So, David, I mean, what we're doing is we are aggregating at the point of production in uh, many of the important supply basins in the country, in the Permian, in Oklahoma, in North Texas, in Louisiana. Uh, we're the first mile of pipe, and then we yeah. take it to the market where it is consumed. And so, yes, we can meet the demand of this market. In fact, uh, I was just sharing with somebody yesterday, and we were talking about how interesting these times are. And I said that in my 35 years in this industry, one thing that has always impressed me is that we've never seen a challenge that we can't meet. And so uh, I think whatever the challenges are, and, and it's such a dynamic world right now, uh, we really can't predict what tomorrow's challenges are going to be. But today, we're in a great place. Well, you know, a year ago, it, it looked like we could – we were self-sufficient and could meet our own demands. Now we're going to the Saudis or Venezuela or whatever else to say, help us out. Is there more capacity out there to and and, and consequently some way to bring prices down? Yeah. So we're in a supply constrained world right now. And, and there is more supply. There is more production that can be brought on to meet the needs of not only this country, but countries all over the world. Uh, but we do need some things to be done differently. We need a little more positive um, policy. Uh, we need a little more positive uh, stance from the administration to basically give us the cover that we need to go out and invest the capital uh, with the confidence that it's going to be, you know, a long-term industry that uh, can be supported. But that's not the message that we've been hearing. I mean, what we've been hearing is that, you know, hydrocarbons are obsolete. It's not, you, you can do it with wind. You can do it with you solar. You can do it clean and uh and this is not a this is not a growth business yeah I, I think we're hearing the right message right now which is we have to balance security and the energy transition and so energy security and energy transition are two things that have to come into better balance and we're seeing the early stages of that today but but i think this country can do a lot as you said uh to, to really fill the gap that is needed in the world right now and uh, but we do need the capital markets to feel like that uh, we're going to be supported by the administration uh, and that, you know, we're going to have rules and regulations that allow us to be um, to do what we do for a long time. You know, the last time we spoke, you were we, we talked about you 
sort of pivoting the company and sort of moving it on, you know, to the next leg, pursuing uh, carbon dioxide, CO2 capture and sequestration, and really a whole new area of business uh, for Inlink. Is is that the growth? And is that is that a is that a more stable, more predictable business than? You know, the oil business where they were giving it away. I mean, it was a negative figure briefly, you know, not that long ago. And now we're ne- reaching new highs. Well, I, I, one of the reasons I say these are the best of times is because our core business, that is the natural gas and oil transportation or the movement of the commodity uh, is hitting on all cylinders. And so that's the core business. But supplementing that will be the new business, which will be the carbon capture business. And it is interrelated. I mean, we need to take some of the emissions that are coming off of the production uh, of, of hydrocarbon fuels, and we need to take those out of the atmosphere and put them back in the ground, which is the carbon capture and sequestration. So it's, a, it's kind of a, a, an on top of a great business. We have a terrific opportunity over the next several decades to really improve the quality of the business that we're doing today. You know, oil and gas business, even the transmission business, is a fairly crowded field. There are a lot of barriers to entry, but there are a lot of people in it. My sense is there are not a lot of people that are that are in carbon capture. Yeah, I'm glad you bring it up to the point that I, I should have already made, which is we have a great position in one of the highest emissions areas in the country, that being the second largest emissions area in the United States is in Louisiana, in the Mississippi River Corridor, where we're seeing a large industrial complex uh, putting CO2 in the air. And so we have pipelines and redundancy. We have more than one pipeline throughout that area, and we're going to convert those lines into carbon capture and transportation facilities. Uh, so we have a leg up. We have a position, and uh, we're making great progress. We're, we're working with partners. We're working with customers. And uh, we really are going to see this turn into a real business for us. So do we have all the pipelines we're ever going to have right now? Because all we've heard about the last couple of three years is pushback on pipelines and, you know, going through areas that that don't want to be disrupted. Um, Is there a future in the pipeline business and growth growth in the pipeline business? Absolutely. There's a there's a future and we have to build pipelines in order to continue to fuel this country and the world. And so we just announced a project recently, the Matterhorn Pipeline, that'll be taking a large volume of gas, about two BCF a day of gas, out of the Permian into the marketplaces throughout the country. And so it can still be done. We need a more supportive policy and regulatory environment. Um, And I think we will get that when people see the importance uh, of having the the fossil fuels continue to su- supply the energy that we need. Well, tell me about your successor. I, I gather you've, you've, you've chosen somebody who's been in the business for a long time, from Kinder, Kinder Morgan? Yes. Jesse R. Nevis has been with Kinder Morgan for about 20 years. He's been running the largest CO2 business in the world, um, in, in Kinder Morgan CO2 business. They're currently the largest transporter of CO2 throughout the country. So Jesse will be coming to us. He's been running that division, which is similar in size to Inlink today. And so uh, he's he's a perfect fit for the culture of, of Inlink. Uh, he's also a perfect fit from a strategic standpoint and the expertise that he brings. He's also had responsibility for Kinder Morgan's energy transition business. So we think he's a great fit and will be a great leader for for Inlink going forward. So what what are you going to do? You 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 try. I remember you tried to quit once before. They brought you back. Um, what, you're a young man. What are you going to do? 
Yeah, it's a great question, David, and I'm uh, I'm going to seek the answer to that over the next couple of months as I uh, you know get a little uh, refresher, see a little fresh air, and uh, and see what is in the future for me. But I love this industry, uh, and I think there's a great opportunity in the future. So I, I doubt that I'm done. You know, there in some way or another, I'll be participating in this industry for a long time. Well, and we we've we've been like I say, we've been talking to you for a couple of decades. We'd like to make it another decade or two more. So we'll keep up with you. All right. Thank you, David. All right, Barry Davis stepping down as the founder, chairman, and CEO of InLink Midstream. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.